Rico. And this is ATC Presents Debake Rambles, where a couple of friends review Korean dramas. Hey, Rico, how are you? I'm doing very well. Uh, this is our second uh, show that we are covering here today. Yes. Uh, it's, it's exciting. It's exciting. It is exciting because I feel like we've gotten through um, Boys Over Flowers, and so anything's possible. <laughs> <laughs> we can only go up from here. Right. So, yeah. So, uh, with that said, if this is your first time listening to the show, uh, go ahead and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Spotify, we're on Google Podcasts, and many more. And if you do like us, go ahead and give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Five stars goes a long way for us. Yes, come check us out on social media to stay up to date on our latest episodes and reviews. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at ATC Debug Pod. Lastly, if you're a fan, please consider becoming a patron. It's a great way for you to get involved and show your support. You can check out the page on patreon.com slash alwayscriticpod. Okay, Rico, we have a very exciting show that we got to watch. It is called, drumroll please, Descendants of the Sun. There it is. (laughs) Yes, so this is a 2016 uh, drama. I happened to catch it while it was airing in 2016, so this is my first time coming back to the show um and of course you watched it for the first time yes Yes. do you want to give the synopsis or i will do you want me to do it it is quite long i actually had to shorten it because the asian wiki was like really (laughs) just so verbose exactly so according to asian wiki and cut down by jessica uh (laughs) Jin, who is played by song jong ki is the captain of the special forces when he catches a motorcycle thief with Sergeant Major Dae-young, who is played by Jingu. The thief is sent to the hospital, but not after stealing Dae-young's cell phone. They go to the hospital, retrieve his cell phone, and in the ER, Shinji meets Dr. Mo Young, who what is pronounced Song Hye Kyo. Yes. For the first time, so Shin Shijin and Dr. Mo Young. Meet for the first time. He falls in yes. love with her immediately. Shijun and Mo Yun begin to date, but due to their jobs, their dates don't go well. Uh, Jin takes an order to lead his soldiers on a peacekeeping mission to the country of Yurok. Uh, meanwhile, Mo Yun becomes upset that she fails to become a professor due to a colleague's privileged background. When Shijin and Mo Yun meet again, they talk about their views on life and realize how different they are. Shi Jin, as a soldier, kills to protect lives, and Mo Young, as a doctor, tries to save all lives. They say their goodbyes. Eight months later, Mo Young rebuffs the sexual advances of a hospital chairman, Suk Won, who is played by Tai In Ho, and as retribution, is assigned to lead a medical team in Yuruk, and there Shi Jin and Mo Young meet again. Yes, so this is all like very early on in the show. This is, yeah, this synopsis doesn't even cover what like episode two or three onward. This is just basically, hey, this is the first episode, exactly. So, this aired originally from February to April 2016, it is 16 episodes long. And since last time we did directors, we'll do directors again. This had a trio of directors, uh, Lee Ung Bok directed it. Baek Sang-hoon directed it and Yoo Jong-sun directed it as well. They are all, they have all gone on to do amazing things. Um, Lee Young-bok, I would say he had the biggest pedigree of all, of all of these guys before they were on Descendants. He directed Dream High. Woo! Dream High. What a throwback, guys. <laughs> Dream High 2, which I never watched. School 2013, which I haven't watched. And then directly after Descendants, he directed Guardian the Lonely and Great God, a.k.a. Tokebi, a.k.a. Goblin. Guys, that is another hit show. If you haven't watched Goblin, go watch Goblin. And then he directed Mr. Sunshine, which is a Netflix show. Baek Sang-un, after Descendants, he directed Love in the Moonlight from 2016. I love Love in the Moonlight. Go watch that if you haven't. And then The King Eternal Monarch, which is a Netflix show from 2020 featuring... Our guy from Boys Over Flowers, Lee Min Ho. Hey, look at that. Hey! Yes, so I definitely watched that as well. There is a review on the Debak blog uh, with my thoughts for the King Eternal Monarch. Yu Jong-sun 
After Descendants, he directed What's Wrong with Secretary Kim from 2018. Guys, I haven't watched What's Wrong with Secretary Kim, but I know for a fact that show slapped. <laughs> Everybody was talking about that show. <laughs> Everyone loved the crap out of it. So these guys are great directors. Now, you already said some of the names that we see. Yes, I did. Yes. So we have Song Joong Ki as Captain Yu Yus- Jin. Um, he's currently on the hit Netflix show Vincenzo, which um, I haven't gotten around to watching. Maybe season yeah. two. Maybe. I don't know. If you guys want a season two, let us know. Maybe we'll watch Vincenzo. Um, and he's also in one of my favorite Korean movies, A Werewolf Boy. You love that movie. Love that movie. He is the werewolf boy. Okay. Song Hye Kyo is Dr. Kang Mo Yeon. She is a model turned actress and she has been famous a very long time, Rico. Okay. Very long time. Long time. I yes, I know her from Full House, which is a show from 2004 with Rain. Have you heard of Rain before? I've heard of Rain. Okay. I've heard. It's a it's like 2004. I mean, the fashion was terrible, the timing was awful. Everyone was super young. And uh this is a cohabitation drama, drama. Gotcha. So through all these circumstances they have a have to end up living together. So yeah, she lives with rain. That's amazing. And then I also know from that winter, the wind blows from 2013, which was super melodramatic. Oh, <laughs> That's <God>. like pure <laughs> mellow. She plays a blind woman. Oh, okay. Enough said. So, yeah. And then we have Jingu plays Sergeant Major Sodeyong, and he's basically like the sidekick. Yes. To the captain. And then Kim Juwon plays the army doc Yun Myongju. Yes, so that rounds out our cast of well, just four people like the main yeah, people. that's the main cast. Like obviously, yeah, exactly. there's others, but this is where the show focuses its energy yes. on. Yes. So before we get started, I just want to say that I was obsessed with the show <laughs> when it, when it first aired. I was like all over it, and I was all cut up with the whole drama that Song Joong Ki and Song Hye Kyo <laughs> were dating, and then they got married in October 2017. This was like a huge deal. Like this show was so huge. It was like as if Kate and Leo got married right after Titanic. Right. It was just like amazing. Everyone was like, oh, my God, it's like real. The love is real. And then they promptly got divorced in 2019. Two years later. And it was so dirty. Like, (laughs) I think he bulldozed their house to the ground. Whoa. (laughs) Yes, he bulldozed their house to the ground because he got it in the divorce. It was like so insane. So, yes, keep that in the back of your mind that, like, there's real drama going on behind the scenes for these two. Anyway, Rico. Yes. What did you think of this show? All right. So I can start because we are taking a journey through multiple shows. So I can go based off what we've already seen, which was Boys Over Mm. Flowers. I like it more than Boys Over Flowers. I don't know if that's a high enough bar. Because Boys Over Flowers, I didn't even finish, as you can listen to in this last episode that we did. Uh, Just go back in your podcast feed. Uh, This one, all that said, I enjoy a lot of aspects of it, mainly uh, the romance side. I like. Uh, I have no problem with the plot mechanics of, oh, their jobs keep them away or they feel like they're too different. That's good. All that's good. Uh, I would say that a couple of things that just come up and it feels like they're jostling between two different types of shows in a way, in a w- oh, okay. just in moments, but not like th- the entire time. Like mm. there's an entire uh, subplot dealing with and I read it inside of the synopsis uh, like there's a guy who gets taken to the ER later on in the show. There's like this uh you know, human trafficking, some plot type of thing. Uh, like there's a lot of things that like just get introduced and you're just like, huh? Like the show feels kind of (laughs) different when it goes here. And then like, it just goes right back into like, it's rom com esh type of, uh, show. So it, it, I, I enjoyed my time with it. I I could say, okay. Yes. The show. I mean, I would say that every K drama has, The main storyline, which if it's a romance drama like this one, then you have your main couple or what have you going through ups and downs. And then you have all these subplots and some subplots are better than others. So 
in this one, yes, you mentioned like a whole like drug and uh, sex trafficking ring that's in through Uruk, that country that yeah. they're in. And they're just kind of dealing with it on the side. Yeah, it's not even like every episode. No, not every episode deals with it. And then um, you have some flashbacks for Song Joon Ki's character where he feels kind of guilty and haunted by a previous mission where he simultaneously saved a comrade, a private Ryan, which he like kind of uses that saving private Ryan deal and names the guy private Ryan. And he simultaneously loses his Tom Hanks, (laughs) like commander. So... Yeah, we get flashbacks of that and certain things really work and certain things do not work. Um, And we can talk about more about that in spoilers. But overall, you felt like it was a good show. A good show. Yeah, Uh, there's still like a lot of the there's still not as bad as the last show, but there's still (laughs) melodramatic moments that kind of pull me out. That's it's just not my thing. So. Oh, okay, uh, yeah. So it, it'll pull me out and I'm just like, okay, let's let's just wait for this moment or something to pass by and then I can, <laughs> you know, enjoy the next thing that comes up on screen. What did you feel about the acting? I think because I feel like that was a major complaint in Boys Over Flowers yes. is that they were just like <laughs> so so outlandish, outlandish and, and over the top. Over the top. I found this much better than anything that I saw in Boys Over Flowers. Uh, I think all four of the leads that we have mentioned already, uh, yeah. they are believable to you know to be in relationships, to have uh, back and forths with each other, to have uh, the plot run through these characters. Mm. So, and I found it believable with them. So, and you know, there was like a natural uh, you know repartee between the characters that felt like good to watch Mm -hmm. and I wasn't like cringing or anything when I'm watching them. So uh, that's a positive right there. Uh, There's a couple of like side characters here and there that are either too hammy or way too like, you know, over the top, but that's like side (laughs) characters you barely deal with. So, so I thought the acting was much better here in this show than in boys over flowers. Yes. Um, so you talked about chemistry a little bit with the cast, even like between the four, you know, that we yeah. mentioned, let alone the couples, because they're they're essentially two couples. <laughs> um, so you felt like their chemistry was good. And then did you also feel that the romantic chemistry between everyone was good as well? So between our two main stars, which is Song Jong-ki and Song uh, Hye-kyo, those two actor and actress... Uh, their chemistry was good because there was like this, there was a playfulness there between the mm-hmm. two of them uh, that I really enjoyed that I did not enjoy the counter, which was the other couple, the other stars, which yes. was a lot of like stern, serious, can't show our emotions. I get it. It's like a forbidden love in a way. Uh, <laughs> but like I we didn't. We can talk about that in spoilers. I didn't really but. prefer that. I preferred our main the stars. Main our main stars. Yeah are the draw and they do a very good job of uh, use of being a couple, you know, you know, there's mm-hmm. back and forth, there's fights, there's love, there's, you know, like, so it, it's a believable couple. Yes. I think that the main couple song song couple, <laughs> as people like to call them, uh, they had so much chemistry. <laughs> they uh, were super flirtatious with each other throughout and really sold the show. Even like now on second watch, I was like, if they in any way drop the ball, like the show would tank. Right, exactly. Immediately. Like they are the ones that are carrying the show. And for sure, the second couple have their moments, but I'm not in it for Sergeant Major and So De Young and Myungju at all. No, neither am I. You know, there's some shows where you have a second, a second couple where you're like, oh my God, like I'm really invested in their story as well. But I wasn't so invested really at all with their story no it was kind of almost too basic in a sense where it was just like okay the dad doesn't like him for what reason like you know right of course the dad doesn't like him because he's not good enough like so dumb cock blocking them the whole show (laughs) so it was 
kind of annoying in that respect. And all they were doing was a lot of crying and blubbering and melodrama. And they break up, they're together, they break up, they're together. And they're broken up more often than not. So <laughs> um, I think that couple was just okay. Like at, at best they're okay. Right, exactly. At best they're okay. But the other the other couple just sparkle. They just shine. They leap off the screen. They really do. And it's a great it's a great coupling, you know. Too bad they didn't make it in real life. Oh well. <laughs> no well. All right. Anything else you want to add that's more general to the show before we get into spoilers? So uh, just a couple of things so people can understand, I guess, how big this show was. So the series basically was a huge hit in South Korea. It drew a peak audience share of 38.8%. So out of all audiences watching in South Korea, they are pulling almost 40% of all viewers. That is insane. And that's just in Korea. And I, I don't think... Maybe the only thing that's doing those type of numbers here in America just on a scale would be something like the Super Bowl. That is the oh, only right. type of thing that is pulling those type of numbers. Uh, mm-hmm. It received several awards. It, it won the grand prize in television at the 52nd ba- uh, Baksung Arts Awards <laughs> and was named the most popular show of the year by the Korea Broadcasting Advertising Corporation. So like, there was a big thing around this show. Uh, mm-hmm. This was uh, Song Joong Ki's first acting role since being discharged yes. from the South Korean military in 2015. Because so I have to it, pause there. It's so mandatory. It's a mandatory enlistment. Every um, able-bodied male has to go. Um, they even have a joke of it in the show where the chairman, mm-hmm. the sexual predator chairman, yes. They called him a draft dodger at one point <laughs> because he's he's basically comes from money. He's rich. He's entitled. And because of that, he can buy his way out of the draft. But um, yeah, so Sung Joon Ki went into the military for a couple of years and then he came out. And this would this is his comeback, gotcha. which comebacks are like a huge thing in Korea. Everyone's like, oh, my God, so and so's out. Their comeback is going to be great. Or this is their comeback show. Right. So, yeah. So this was his comeback show. And uh, let me see. It was filmed in parts of Greece, which I'm sure you can. Yeah. That makes total sense. Yeah. There's moments mm-hmm. where you're looking like, yeah, this is really tr- almost tropical, but not re- <laughs> like Mediterranean like. And that's why. Yes, exactly. Um, and this is very unique. The filming was completely done by the time it aired. So, so what do you mean by that? It's unique. So I don't know. I oh, Sorry, this is like. I just know this already from so many years, but K-dramas are filmed simultaneously as they're airing. So maybe they'll have two or three, maybe four episodes under their belt already done and complete. And they air, they start airing those and they're still filming the rest of the show. Oh, okay. So week by week, they're filming the next episode. Ooh, no. Ooh. Yes. So instead Uh. of like here in America where they just have, you know however many weeks or months of filming they're filming you know as they go along gotcha okay so here in america there's two different types of ways that they make shows so if you're talking about a show like uh stranger things that just pops out all the episodes obviously they're all done all done if we're talking about a serialized show that airs right like seinfeld or friends yeah or something like that those they'll start filming in the summertime uh, they'll get like a good like 10 episodes in. Then as the season goes on, they'll film the other back half of the second, you know, the season, you know, mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. but they'll have a bank of episodes well in advance. Right. Before. I, you know, I don't know how many are banked yeah. before they start airing, but it's not. It's not it's as not much as. Lot. Right. Because no. I know yeah. that with American shows, usually it's like seven to 10 are banked. Going okay, into no, the I season. do not think it's seven to yeah, ten I, that are. It doesn't at all. sound like it because the way like it's phrased, the fact that they're saying that it was completely done by the time it aired yes. is a unique thing. So it sounds it means like they were sitting back, everyone was at home watching the show. And here's the deal: like sometimes shows air, and there's such a demand, everyone's so into it that at, they like change things that's, or play up certain my characters thing. That's my thing, because probably. of popularity and so basically the writing of it is very fluid based on what's needed to make it more popular or what have you that and is a double-edged sword 
it is a double-edged sword. And so some shows will start amazing because obviously they had a clear vision and, you know, the cast was set and then shit happens. It didn't reach the numbers. Someone's schedule gets blown and like suddenly someone's not there anymore. Like a cast member's gone mm. or they downplay a plot line and you're like, but they were going hard on this plot line before. Right. But because of XYZ, they like changed it. Yeah, exactly. I see like the momento. So it's very unique for them to just be like, we're done. This is how it is. It's not changing. Air it. it that is rare. I will yes. say that. That is rare. Yes. So with that said, we're going to talk some more song song right after this. <laughs> Hey, you want to come in? All right, let's talk a little bit about their meet cute. So, Yushu Jin and Kang Mo Young meet at the hospital. I particularly like this meet cute. <laughs> um, I like that the sergeant, I just call him Sergeant Sidekick. Um, he gets his he gets his phone stolen by a petty thief who's trying to get out of a neighborhood gang, so he's doing like random shit around town like committing petty crimes. And the attending ER physician is Doc Song. <laughs> we'll call her Doc Song. Doc Song. Um, and she immediately assumes the two of them are the thugs who beat up the kid. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that was really fun. Um, there is a subplot here automatically where Sergeant Sidekick comes from a similar background as the kid who's trying to get jumped out of the gang. Like he's right. like, oh, when I did it, xyz this happened instead of this or wow now they're using weapons now to jump somebody out of a gang so he had that same upbringing where it was like a bad kid wasn't a gang and then he went in the military right exactly <laughs> to clean himself up so i don't know if i like that subplot necessarily because he takes the kid under his wing i don't mind that the kid ends up in the military right and ends up being like a little brother to them throughout the rest of the show. Right, exactly. It's fine. But as far as like, why do they have to match stories? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, the, he could have just taken pity on him and be like, right there. There's a reason why they are side characters. They're on the side. You don't need to give them a full arc. <laughs> right. Like they, he had like a pretty strong arc. Like, I don't mind even later that they kind of go and cheer him on as he tries to get his GED. Like, that's fine. Yeah. It was just the coincidental, like, oh, I'm the same. Like, this is why you should do what I do and, like, get out this way. But so. I get you're trying to make that character sympathetic. So you have Correct. to give him, like, a, a job to do outside of being just a friend. Mm -hmm. you, you have to give him his own thing that he can do himself. He really didn't have much to do in no. the rest of the, the show at all. And the fact that he didn't have much to do on top of the fact that there were so many guys on Alpha Team... Yeah, there's what, like six dudes? Yeah, like, there's like four four to six guys yeah. on Alpha Team that are alongside, you know, Sung Joo Ki and Sergeant Sidekick. So it's like, uh, we don't really need this kid here. No. But he's how they get together because exactly. he steals a phone. Anyway, I found one of the earliest episodes I found was really devastating was when he ditched her at the movies. Mm. And... She gets on the same night she gets a call. She got passed up for that promotion Oof. again. Oof. Yeah, that was. And that. Tough. How did you find that? Like, I was very emotional and like angry and upset, but also very sad, like borderline tears. I don't know why this combo struck me oh, wow. like so hard. I wasn't that far. Where then she, she starts like fighting the younger rival that has like zero surgical experience, but all of these family connections. So that's why she got the job. Yeah. And she just like, she gets humiliated and she gets forced to attend that TV guest spot instead of like that other girl that just got the job. Right. And the particularly the scene of her reading aloud the script for the next day's TV show and trying to memorize it while crying. Like that completely wrecked me. <laughs> I'm, I don't know why that completely wrecked I, me. I didn't feel the same way like that. I did feel like, Damn, what a what a shitty day for this person. Right? Like, oh man, being stood up and losing out to an inferior person on a job. <laughs> that yes. really sucks. That Terrible. that's how I felt, but no, I, I did not get emotional with it. I totally forgot that the way she gets over to Uruk or Urk, I don't even know how to pronounce it. I think it's Uruk. Uruk? I think okay. so. 
Like Europe, but Europe with yeah. a K. The fictional okay, I'll just say it like that. It's a fictional country. It doesn't matter. But anyway, um, she gets shipped off to Uruk, like in retaliation. Yeah, Because exactly. she slapped the shit out of the hospital chairman. And I completely forgot about that. <laughs> like when he shows interest in her, I was like, what? I don't remember this. And then. And then. Mm, yes. And then uh, well, the now you're going. Now you're going to this. <laughs> now you're going to the middle of the stricken <laughs> country. <laughs> Of Europe. Yes. How did you find the Greek? It was Greek, so we'll just call it Greek locale. Um, I think it was utilized just enough. Like I can tell that they're trying. They're trying to make it a mishmash of like Middle East, Mediterranean type of thing. Yes, it's a mishmash. Yeah. So that's why out of nowhere you'll just have people who speak English just randomly. Yes. You know. So <laughs> I, I understand what they were trying to do. Uh, so it's, it's fine. It's just a, a setting. I don't think they maximized what they could do with it though. Like, I thought they did pretty well with it. They did keep it to like a desert yeah, kind of landscape. A- um, but I appreciated it. And the reason why I appreciate it is because some shows just take place in Seoul. Right. And they never leave Seoul. Yeah, it's just. <laughs> and so I sense. feel like this show kind of kicked off this trend where, they started filming overseas. Hey. And Goblin, that other show that I was talking about in the beginning, which is also directed by one of the directors of this show, um, they go to Canada. Mm. And it's like Quebec, like beautiful, like French Canada. And it came on directly on the heels of Descendants of the Sun. And I was like, are we doing this now? Like, are we just going to have a few episodes? I can't wait to talk about that. Because <laughs> this show also ends up in Canada. Oh, I can't we'll wait. Talk about I that. can't wait. To we'll talk, talk about, about that. that. Don't worry. It's in my notes. Okay. So you talked about characters speaking English. Yeah. This is very unique as well because Koreans that don't speak English don't sound good speaking English. <laughs> so just like in any language, if you don't know the language, you sound kind of messed up saying the language. Exactly. So did it work? Sometimes. 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 Uh, yeah. Like, it, it, here's my biggest problem, is that <laughs> a lot of the people who were speaking English, their acting was not good. No. And that's a trend. That's an that's every K-drama. Like, every person who's supposed to be a native English speaker or be fluent in English sucks ass like they terrible. just completely terrible actors like i don't know where they find these people i'm trying to remember there's a specific scene i think it's later on in the season like there's these like guys with guns pointed at uh our you know the star of the show uh song and <laughs> like he's able to like back them down and like you know take them hand-to-hand combat type of thing <laughs> but before he does that they're like who is he talking to like yeah. I, I'm like using the inflection that he's using. Yes, man, let's kill him. Like it's like ugh. Like I thought, <laughs> no, this is this is awful. The English yes. speakers were terrible for the most part. Yes. What did you think of the villain though? Well, one of the villains really. Uh, we're talking about uh, Agus. 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 Um, he was fine. To he me. was. He himself is fine. And his English is good and everything. I don't know where he's from, actually. But I do know that as a character, I didn't mind him at all. I just didn't really like the subplot of him, like, being this, like, human trafficker. Like, it would pull us away from the story. Like, hey, hey, you know, we really get along. You know, we should go on a date. And all of a sudden, we're thrown into, like... (laughs) <laughs> Where are my diamonds? And it's like, what the yes. what the hell's going on? All you right. Know? So, so I guess I have this here is played by David David McInnes. Okay. His father is American. His mother is Korean. Okay. He was born in Green Bay, Wisconsin. 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 <laughs> so, so um, yeah, he's an American, a Korean American, and I had probably the least issues with his English. Um, compared to and acting and compared to every other like throwaway, you know, character speaking English. Like it's really it's just so weird. Bad. bad. It's awkward. Yeah. Like the timing is off on everything. Like, you know how 
you need to have the timing on a language as well. Yeah, because it's not just knowing the words. You need to know no. the rhythm. Yes. So, like, everyone else's timing was off. His was fine. Yes. Agreed. Yes. Um, yeah, I didn't mind him. I didn't even mind that he was Private Ryan, that he had this, like, he turned bad. Like, he was all of a sudden a mercenary slash drug kingpin and mafioso. Like, I was fine with that. It, it <laughs> took me out of the, the show every once in a while. Ah, uh, yeah. okay. So, let's talk about the famous wine kiss. So... Um, some shows have famous kissing scenes and this is one of them because <laughs> they, she's drinking wine and then he's like, oh, never mind, I won't drink any. Okay. She's like, are you sure? And then he goes, okay, just, a, just a taste. He says something to that effect and then he just full on kisses her like out of nowhere. Okay. That's famous. That's a famous scene. <laughs> That's a famous scene. Yeah. Okay. I did not. So know that. you didn't. You didn't even feel the significance of it when you were no. watching it. Okay. No, I did not feel the significance of it. I okay, I, I think fine. it's because I just haven't watched a lot of shows like this. So for me, it was just like a kiss, and I was like, "Oh, okay. they kissed." But so, nothing, yeah. a word of advice: not all shows have um, good kissing scenes, and it's really obvious when shows have good kissing scenes compared to those that don't. Okay. This is one that does have a good kissing scene. Pretty Western, which is why you're probably like, whatever about it. Yeah, that's true. That is very true. (laughs) (laughs) So you're probably like, yeah, whatever. They're just locking lips. It's fine. But over here, I'm like, oh, my God, they're kissing. We would have such different reactions if we were watching this next to each other. We totally would. Well, not that I had that reaction this time around because I knew it was what you was coming. You knew it was coming, but still. Yeah, yeah. But the first time I watched it, I was like, <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> the, the gasp. So I did not like the running gag of her wrecking cars. I mean, I don't know if that leans into like a stereotype or something. It, you're right. It kind of does. It kind of does. Like Asian women It does women feel drivers. like. Ugh, yeah, it, it's it's not a good look for for the writers of this show. But then again, yeah. you know they. It's a weird thing to say, but like they go by a different set of standards over there in terms of writing characters. Doesn't mean that it you know it makes it good, or no. like or if it's it's probably not even entertaining <laughs> is the thing. But they're just leaning into that stereotype. <laughs> I uh, I didn't like it at all, and I didn't much like when she drove the red truck off the cliff, and then he had to come save her. It felt like very like we had just come down from something like something large, like a big scene, and then she was on her way back, and then she wrecks the car for like no reason at all. Like it was very like abrupt to me. Yeah, and I didn't like it. However. Without that scene, you wouldn't have her make this panicked voice memo where she reveals her oh. true feelings, and that gets replayed at the base at the later base on. over the sound system. And it's hysterical. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> That's really good. So you like that part? That was hilarious to me. <laughs> like she's just walking, and then like she hears like this screaming of a woman. It's like what? And then she realizes, oh shit, that's me. Oh shit! <laughs> and she starts running. Like she, she is, and it. then there's like a slow motion shot of her like <laughs> busting through the door to grab yes. the phone. <laughs> uh, and he looks so amused he really too. Does. Like he's just he like, really oh my god, he's enjoying it. <laughs> I adore that scene so much. Um, so I like that. Like at the end of the day, the scene kind of had a payoff later on because of the voice memo. But honestly, like in the moment, I was like. Ugh. <laughs> not, not fun not cool <clears throat> okay so i did like how many times like she breaks up with him like three or four uh, yeah, times yeah it's, it's, it's so <laughs> dumb how many times and i know it's dumb but after he kisses her without her consent he asks her if he should apologize or confess like whichever one you want me to do like do you want to get this ball going or do you want me to just quit right here and I'll apologize for kissing you without consent? And I love her response because she goes, you're so amazing. Like, 
but you're dangerous and I have no time to sort out my feelings because every time we're together, you leave. <laughs> that is true. So don't confess. I'll accept your apology for kissing me without my consent. And I was like, damn. <laughs> damn. She has it like she's so articulate. Yeah, she is. So she knows what yeah. she wants and she understands herself. Yeah. Very well. Yeah. Did you like their little um, flirtations? Like, no, I have to be backlit. That's how I'm most beautiful (laughs) (laughs) and things like that. Um, There's a movie that that reminds me of, and I can't remember what it was, but there was a character that was just like that. It's like, no, no, we have to be this way. And I can't can't remember what movie it was, but it reminded me of it. Uh, I thought it was like those little quirks of a character that that make them who they are. Because if not, they would just be like this blank slate of, Oh, you know, they are the romantic lead, but like little quirks like that help them stand out. Yes. Um, I really loved everything that uh, Song Hye Kyo was doing with Kamu Young because there, you had that like candle gag where she's like, no, I had, had, I'm, my best lighting is, is in like backlit with candles and stuff. Or um, I'm sexiest when I'm in the OR. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was that. cute too. <laughs> um and then she can't hold her drink, no. which is funny as well. That's a that's a great that gag another, to use. Yes, that is a great yeah. gag to use. Yeah, so I really liked all of her her little things and him too, like the three days drinking straight. Yeah, thing like when they're on break. Yeah, and when they're like on- three days no sleep, and you're like, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, there's dudes that do that when they're like on a on a break from the military. Like I have friends who went to the military, what? and so when they have like that time off that is theirs. It is just Bro. Like, go. No. <laughs> I had never heard of that until this show. Wow. Okay. So that's real. Um, yeah. So the solar energy plant collapses in a 6.7 magnitude earthquake. Oh, uh, okay. And that's like two or three episodes of them just dealing with that. Yeah. It, it went on too long for me. Really? I think so. Okay. I think it went on too long. And... This is going to lead into another problem that I had, uh, which is using natural either disasters or, in this other case, pandemic or epidemic that they have Mm. uh, to, I guess, keep them away in moments or keep them busy from being able to, you know, be together. They they have to do their jobs. They have to, you know, keep, you know, keep the eye on the ball. Type of thing. And and I get it. You have to create obstacles for them to be together. Right. But to what extent? Because some of these moments feel so far-fetched. Like, out of nowhere, it's uh-huh. this, you know, here it's an earthquake. And then later on, it's this deadly <laughs> disease. And it's like, okay, yeah. <laughs> I guess. And that's how I felt when they introduced these plot lines. I'm like, really? This is what we're doing? So, so I have to say these are quite original <laughs> like pl- plot lines because usually it's like someone got cancer, someone uh, fell and got hurt and now they have amnesia or the father-in-law. Like it's certain like tropes that they rely on a lot yeah. in some K-dramas, in many K-dramas. And this one they chose to do a natural disaster, which I feel like they covered very well. Like, I mean, they did the whole sure. like they were like, OK, everyone's fine. And then they're like the solar plant collapsed and everyone was like, oh, shit. And then all hell breaks loose when they go and help out. Um, same thing with the M3 virus that they get at some point. Yeah, um, that that was like one that I'm just like, oh, I, I so don't know. The why virus was like what broke you. Yeah, I don't know why <laughs> we're doing this and why. Like, so why is this in a world obstacle? without covid, this plot line was like fine. Like, I wasn't like, oh, my God, here we go. Like, quarantine and the whole freaking bit. No. It was like, oh, shit. Like, I was, like, all in. I was not into that specific line. So I feel like you were more against the M3 virus storyline. Yeah. No, totally. You were like, oh, no. no, Yeah. Absolutely not. Wouldn't take that. Because then not only is it affecting our main characters, but then, like, side characters on the side have it because they're the ones that transmitted it to this base um yes i, I had it's become intertwined yeah they become um, intertwined in storylines in that moment because you have the diamonds dude 
who's in league with Agus or Agus, however you say his name. I think it's um, Agus, I think. He swallows the diamonds. Yes. What was that? Like two, $2 million worth of diamonds. He does twice. It twice. And he's like on the run trying to get out of the country, gets stopped <laughs> for the worst Arab costuming oh, God. I've ever seen. <laughs> like in what oh. world would they believe that like mustache that he had Ooh, on? Oh boy, that was and so bad. And the get up. It was so bad. So terrible. So he gets stopped <laughs> from ever leaving and then he gets real sick. Um, on the base, on the Korean base. Um, and apparently he'd been suffering from an M3 virus, which is highly contagious and all that shit. It was basically COVID. <laughs> no, the way they described it was if they had the M2, it's a little worse than the flu. If you have three, it's only a little better a than little, Ebola. Correct. A little so, better than Ebola. Yeah, I think that's even it, worse. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I didn't. I didn't mind it at all. Um, yeah, it threw them all into a tizzy and I kind of just didn't like how they got to the quick conclusion that Myungju had it. Yeah. Like they were like, oh, there's an overnight, uh, you know, labs here over here. And of but course, it's like this American base or something. An American base and they can synthesize the samples and give them the results super fast. Versus another closed, and I was like, okay, this is like too easy. Like, not that it was easy, but it was just like convenient. Convenient because, I, so this is this is weird because when a show you told me that this is filmed all this was filmed all before. Yes. They they purposely chose a storyline like this to put into the show to create drama without knowing what the impact would be on the audience. Yeah. I wonder if the audience is... I mean, that's like a movie. Well, I mean, yeah, it's like a movie, sure. And it's like a typical show here in the United States. But, you know, after you told me what they do in Korea, I wonder if this is something that would have gone through if they had done the traditional route of we're going to film a couple at a time, you know? Maybe other I things start like to make their way through, you know? So the other thing that I feel was probably rubbing you the wrong way is because that storyline aimed to bring the second couple closer together. Right. So, and that's the couple that you're like, I mean, it's whatever. Like if they're on screen, I don't, I don't mind them, but it's not that captivating between them. Right. Because it's always a lot of, uh, hiding stuff or they're, you know, constantly bickering, you know, about, Mm -hmm. you know, you never show your emotions or, you know, I want to be with you, but we can't. And like, I have to keep this serious facade and like, <laughs> yes, it's too much of it. Like there's not mm-hmm. enough in the other direction of, you know, them sneaking off being like a couple who's in love. Like you never feel like they're truly in love. Mm. So that that was my sticking point with them. I would agree with you 100 percent is that they're going so hard on trying to be together and especially her, like Moyon, Myungju, I should say. Yeah. Is trying so hard to like get with him and have her father stop interfering and all that stuff. And I'm like, but to what end? You guys don't even really seem to like each other, like when you're in the same room. So the chemistry I feel like wasn't there. And also, despite the chemistry, their foundation, any flashbacks that they showed, weren't really servicing their love story. You know what I'm saying? I know what you mean. So I completely agree with you. Um, Going back to the earthquake, though, I loved how they made Dr. Kong uh, Kang choose between the two workers, like who to save. Who to save. Yeah, I was like, damn, that's heavy. So that was um, (laughs) dramatic. (laughs) Dramatic to say the least. Yes. Yes. So switching gears, though, they receive a package from... A couple flirty flight attendants that they had a wild night out with before they got with their girls. And the boys run to intercept the package when it arrives. Yes. That whole part, I loved it. I thought it was so funny. (laughs) Um, Because the girls get to it first, they open it. It's covered in like hearts and like 
flirty messages and they're just like trying to like play There's it like off. There's like a pure sprint to them when they find yes. out. <laughs> yeah. So did you enjoy that part or was it like, whatever? I thought it was fine. Like it was okay. a fun mix up to, you know, get them at odds. Okay. I was, I was cackling. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So Private Ryan is a subplot. We have the cock-blocking general father as a subplot. We also have the asshole with the diamonds as a subplot. Yeah. Um, we also have the young doctor with the crisis of faith. Oh, yeah. Or he had a mega guilty conscience over abandoning a patient in the collapsing rubble of the solar energy plant. Yes. <laughs> and uh, I would love to cut that out completely. I hated it every minute that he was dealing with like this crazy guilt and crying and just like over the whole thing. I was like, no, just uh, cut it out. Obviously, there's a moment. I believe we're talking about the same doctor that during the when the power goes out and the guy who swallowed the diamonds is like having an attack, you know, he's having like foam at the mouth. He's the one that is like trying to. Yes. Okay. So, he bites him. Yeah. He bites him. Okay. So I just want to make sure that we were talking about the same one. He, he gets that shot of like redemption of not being nervous and not, you know, like going into his job head on, but mm-hmm. everything leading up to that was just like, like, I don't care why you're showing me this but i get like they were ramping up to a redemption for him like he's taking his job seriously he he doesn't care about right. his own life he cares about the he other was life. exactly he was the character himself was super eggio like everything he was doing was eggio which is just to mean like cutesy okay. like ev- all of his mannerisms and he was like Annyeong! like everything yes. was super cute and it's so annoying to me if they're doing <laughs> it as a joke or they're doing it sparingly like okay fine i'll allow but he, his whole personality was egg and i hated it <laughs> hated it and then they cut back like whenever something's happening to him they cut back to the hospital and he has he comes from money and his family apparently owns the hospital <laughs> and so his mother is like ranting and having a whole fit and like making a scene in the hospital whenever he's in trouble or there's something that like the earthquake happened and they can't find out what happened to anybody. Like I found that so grating. Exactly. So grating on yeah. me. It was annoying. And it, yes. it's unnecessary because now you're trying to fill in a plot or something for every character to do and you don't need that. You no. don't need every character to have their own mini arc. It's not necessary. Yes. So he had an arc and that was annoying as hell to me. So last subplot I'll talk about is the North Korean soldier wanting to go back north after he finds out a high ranking official is selling North Korean assassins to mafias and the official plans to kill him. So that whole thing was very convoluted, felt more like a born identity kind of deal, like uh, or Iris. Iris, Iris. is a... Another show. You know Iris? No. You haven't? Okay. So Iris is another like espionage type uh, K-drama. Oh, okay. And it's it was very popular as well. So it felt like too much. Like all of a sudden towards the end of the show, like they had this man and it, it was like dire situation. And you're like, oh, but why? So that was kind of annoying. Although that's how he, that's how um, Shijin gets shot. Right. It's like dealing with that whole thing. Dealing with that entire situation. Right. So it's like, uh, catch 22. Yeah. Um, it is a catch 22. So episode 13, we get Subway. They're eating at Subway. <laughs> I have to mention this. If you've read any of the Devok reviews that I do on the blog, you will know that I hate every time they have Subway in a show. It is so annoying. It's got to be a contract thing. It's a sponsorship. Yeah, it's a it's contract thing. 100%. Subway's throwing money at them and they're, they're like, like, oh, let's just an, make them eat at Subway. Right. It's whenever an Audi shows up in an Avengers movie. Exactly. So it's the same thing, except it's terrible, because in what mind could you think that Subway is like amazing food? <laughs> like sometimes they go to Subway and they're like, mm, this sandwich is so good. And you're like, the fuck? Like, no, <laughs> no. Oh. What are they smoking? So I have to mention the fact that Subway is still trying to crowd these gay dramas. <laughs> um, I liked in episode 13 because Sung Joon Ki meets the chairman in the elevator and the chairman's like, why come, how come you don't have any more information about um, Mo Young's 
uh, boyfriend, he's in the military and all this stuff, and he's like in the elevator with them. Yeah. Do you remember that? I do remember and he's, it. The assistant's like, the only picture we have is this one, and it's a group shot. <laughs> and he comes from behind, he's like, oh yeah, her boyfriend's that one, <laughs> and points to himself. Oh, that's a good one. That's a I good know. One. It's so good. Okay. So, episode 14, we have um, Song Joon Ki tries to trick her after leaving the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> which I found hysterical as well. He's trying to like get back into his hospital robes oh, after okay, like going out for that quick mission regarding the North Korean um, soldier. Yeah. And he's like, I can't undo my pants because I, I have this uh, cast, the, the cast on my arm. <laughs> and the friend's like, why did you put it on? Like, why did you take it off? And he's like, oh, because I wanted to commit the perfect, pro- perfect crime. <laughs> like, <laughs> So I really like that part, too. I did like that he was a bit of a jokester. Yes, he was. He was definitely joking throughout the whole show. Um, did you like the meet cute between the boys, though? Because they show when Yushijin meets uh, Sergeant Sodeyong. Um, I'm, I'm having a hard time remembering. What so happened? their whole meet cute is that... The cock blocking general father wanted her to get with Song Joon Ki. Okay, gotcha. And so she said, I'll help you out in getting a little bit of revenge on your ex at this wedding if you tell Song Joon Ki that we're dating. Like, tell him that we're dating, and so then I don't have to date this guy that I don't even like. <laughs> okay. Just because gotcha. my father wants me to date him. And so he did. But not before they meet under this umbrella in the rain. <laughs> like they kind of, Sungjuki runs up on him. Yeah, under like the with umbrella his arm on his shoulder, over yes. his shoulder. <laughs> like that's a fucking meet cute. Pretty much between these two, it's like a beautiful bromance, is what I'm trying to say. And I had a great time watching them. Um, I like they go to eat, they go to drink, and he's just like, "We're dating." We're dating. Like a robot, he's just like, mm, "We're dating." He's like. Dating who? <laughs> and he tells him, um, "Yeah, we're dating." I'm dating, and I he's think like, he even "Okay, says how long? Have, how long have you been dating?" And he's a like, year. "Oh, a year." And, and then he's like, "Okay, when did you meet?" He's like, "Oh, a year. When did you meet?" He's like, "A month ago." A month ago. And he's <laughs> like, "What?" He's like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> so that was hilarious too. Like their meet cute and the whole thing afterward was really uh, funny and and cute. Um, episode fifteen, our boys die yeah our boys die i was a wreck an emotional wreck i knew where it was gonna go and i was like oh my god like it felt so real again (laughs) like to see them like die again wow so um yeah the the boys die they have this whole thing the the government comes to make them sign a non-disclosure it's insane so if I could tell you this, I never bought that they were dead. No. Never. There's no way that they were dead. No this way. is the closest a show has come to making me think that they were dead. Because usually at the end of episode 15, everything gets wrapped up to a certain degree. And then episode 16 starts. And it's basically almost like an epilogue. Like this is how the happy ending happens. Yeah. So it doesn't do that like at the end of 15 you still think they're dead yeah and so i was like oh my god like are they really dead and then they have this big time jump like a year later a year later and so yeah and then finally is when we get that reveal she like goes out to the burial i guess it's like where they think so she goes on a volunteer mission to albania on the one year anniversary of his death, which in Korea, death anniversaries are really big. They have this whole kind of ceremony where they bow and show their respect. And then they also have um, a table full of like fruits and food for then the deceased to eat because right. they can cons- they're like a ghost at this point. Yeah. Um. So she does that in Albania. <laughs> she's like going through the motions and mourning still. And she's like, everyone tells me I have to let you go and all this stuff. And he finds her in the deserts of Albania and they reunite. Yep. Yeah. He like, she has the walkie talkie and he calls through there. Yeah. Uh, I think he says his sign, his call sign, like big big boss. boss. 
Yeah. Yeah. And then finally he's like, uh, turn around. And then yeah. you see him coming over the horizon. She thinks it's a ghost. She's like, now I'm hearing things. Yeah. <laughs> like, she is. It's great. She's a mess. She's, she's a, a mess. friggin' mess. I love that like um, montage of her just reacting. Yeah. Like she's like hitting him it's and like crying the, and I hate like you and all that stuff. Steps of. Uh, yes. You know. Acceptance. Acceptance. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that was great to see. And then Faji's like, oh, I love you. And they hug and it's fine. So I will say that the FaceTime call that she has with her team, medical team, just, I was on the floor. That was funny. That was funny. I was on the floor. Because they're like, (laughs) they're looking behind her. It's like, hey, uh, it's the one year anniversary. And like, they're seeing like him eating the food and they're like, he's eating the memorial food. Like, the ghost is eating the food. <laughs> Does she see him? And they're just completely taken they aback. Super it. flabbergasted. They lose their shit. Like the doctor faints. One yeah. of the doctors faints. One of the doctors it's faints. so good. So that was really well done. I, I had a great time with that little, <laughs> that little scene of they're just like, oh my God. And then they call her back too. And they're like, listen. You have to let him go. You have to tell him how you feel. And she's like, he's here. <laughs> <laughs> we also get Red Velvet. Do you know who Red Velvet is? Uh, my assumption is that it is a girl pop group. It's a girl group. Major girl group. They make a cameo, like, singing the one of their songs at the bass. Yeah. And that's a whole, like, quick thing, Yeah, too. like, it's the same day that they were going to go out to be shipped out pretty much that's what they told the girls is that they were going to get shipped out or they had some sort of mission that day they had to go in what have you and instead it was a red velvet concert yes and they uh they're dancing and it's hilarious yeah so last subplot we'll talk about is the older doctor and the older nurse that have a oh, flirtation yeah. throughout the whole show. Yeah. That and was... at the very end, she finally decides to clean out his C drive, which has the wild bird folder on it that he's like, if I die, you have, have to, to clear del- it. You have, to, you clear have it to delete it. And she's thinking there's porn. There's something crazy on it. Right. And so she goes and he's still alive. He's not dead. No, no. He, <laughs> at all. He, they just happen to use his laptop. Yes. Uh, the Like the male doctor, the young doctor, he he's using the laptop. And then she like, hold on, let me let me use it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leave it open. Yeah. So <laughs> she goes into the C drive and it's pictures of her throughout every era of her life. Ten. And she's like, you know. so touched. Yeah. It's like so touching. And he's like, that was going to be my proposal. That was like my whole thing is like, I've loved you like my whole life, basically. That was adorable. It was adorable. They completely overshadowed our second uh, couple. Oh, for sure. You know, so they young and Myungju like just for sure. eat your heart out because this couple completely wrecked their whole relationship. <laughs> they just won up to them in that one moment. In that one moment. Yeah. You g- and then she's like, "I'll pay- when I finish paying you back or whatever, she borrowed money from him for her kid's uh, tuition. Uh, she's like, then we'll get married or we'll get together. And he's like, what? For real? What? Yeah. Can you borrow it right now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but can you get a loan? <laughs> yeah. So, so I uh, I love that. That was with, great. With that couple. That was yeah. wonderful. So cute. Yes. Totally. Loved it. So sweet. Okay. So this is the moment you guys have been waiting for because the show ends up with two side characters getting married. We don't see these side characters, but everyone ends up in Canada for the wedding. So we're in Vancouver. The young doctor that we have a problem with his whole arc comes up and breaks the fourth wall and says something to the effect of, like, this is the end, you know, we had a good time, we had a wild time, and then... Lights go out. A volcano has erupted in Vancouver, Canada, and they have to go into survival mode all over again. And they they do it with this like same shit as always type yeah. of attitude. 
like the women taking <laughs> off their heels, like brushing off their makeup, the guys yes. loosening up their ties. All right, we got to get to work, pretty much type of vibe. What the hell of an ending is what this? What the hell is that? Like what? What the hell? Yeah, what the hell? Like I I watched that. I was like, did did I accidentally change the, the <laughs> show? But then I was like, no, those are the same people. I couldn't have changed oh. it. They're in Vancouver for some reason. And yeah. Like, we don't see who's getting married, just like you said. But then, out of nowhere, like, a waiter just, like, barges in. <laughs> There's a volcano that is erupting. It's like, what? So, I hated that, It's obviously. terrible. It was awful. It's awful. Completely uncalled for. I think the show should have ended when they were just uh, hanging out, sitting on the rusted up ship that's on, it's in Greece, essentially. Yes. But back in, back in Europe. 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 That's where the show. That's where the show should have ended. I Boom. agree. No. no, no, no. What is this volcano? <laughs> oh my god! When they said volcano, I was like, "Wow, this is why I did not remember this. How this ended? Because it's so god awful. <laughs> like, I just blocked it. Uh, not the way you want to try to land the plane on a show. No, no." Hey, let's come in hot onto this <laughs> runway and like throw caution to the wind. Yeah. And oh, at least God, it'll it be memorable, bad. hopefully. Jeez, but I, that like, was bad. So it, yeah. So bad. And then like the final pose where they're all like walking towards camera. Walking and freeze towards the camera. <laughs> in their uniforms. Uh, oh, yeah, man. So bad. Overall. That was cheesy as hell. Oh, that terrible terribly cheesy yeah. um that aside you know okay. that very last five minutes aside yes i think the movie uh sorry the show i think the show did a good job of getting us to where we needed to go which is caring about the characters mm. um obviously this is a k-drama so i i can't really speak too much on it but could this have been done in shorter episodes of course but you know, there's a you know, there's a certain amount of time that they have to fill. Sixteen. I think it was good at sixteen. It would have been excellent at like thirteen. Thir- thirteen. Yeah. Yeah. Because you could start cutting out the fat. There is fat. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. And when you start trimming out the fat, you really tighten up the script. You start tightening mm. up the the arcs that you really want to focus on. And yeah. you don't have this like dilly dally moments of the show. Um, another thing that I'm still getting used to, and it's been a little tough, is that the shows are like truly an hour. You know, they're yes. not like the 45 minute thing here in America where the show is an hour in quotation marks. <laughs> and really, because of commercials, they're down to 42, you know? Mm-hmm. So that is a bit of a throw, you know, throw, you know. Throws you off. Throws me off a bit because every time I think, oh, we're reaching the climax of the episode. Right. You wouldn't think that 15 minutes would affect you so much, but it does. But it does because in my mind, I guess, you know, because I'm kind of trained in a certain way where I'm watching a show and like an internal clock starts going through and it's like, I think we're reaching that third act of this Mm -hmm. episode. Yeah. We should be wrapping up right around now. And then it turns out, oh, no, we still got 15 (laughs) to 20 minutes left. So, yeah. so that's the, been the thing that I've, I've tried, been getting used to, trying to get used to. Mm-hmm, Still a little mm-hmm. off there, um, but at least you finished this show. Yes, Come on. this one I Points did finish. Given. I did yeah. finish this one because <laughs> I was more engaged and much more sympathetic towards the leads. Um, again, you gotta be able to hook me in with a lead. Yeah. If not, I'm not going to continue the show. You know, even if the show can be cheesy, I don't mind if there's a little bit of cheese to a show as long as I care about the main characters. So just as a quick example, uh, there is this show on (laughs) there's this show on Netflix, right? I only saw one episode and it's The Baker and the Beauty. What? You watched that? I saw one episode just because. Uh, like it's centered around Miami and like oh it does yeah it, it's about oh. a a young guy who has a Cuban family they own a bakery in Miami and oh, a Cuban bakery yes 
a Cuban oh. break. You have the Cuban bread thing. Like, like they, yes. they have it. They talk in Spanish every once in a while. So I, I wanted to watch it because of that. And so and you want to like it. And well, I want to like it because, you know, like it's a Hispanic show that kind of yes. kind of resembles how I grew up or at least the area that I grew up in. Uh, yeah. But after the show ends, the first episode, I didn't care enough about yeah, the main you just characters. Don't care. You're not you're not invested. So there's no reason for you. Exactly. To come back. So I, I didn't yeah. jump back into the next episode because I just didn't care enough about the main character here in this show. I cared enough about the main characters that allowed me to be able to say, you know what? Next episode, let's do this. So mm-hmm. that it, that is what really drives a show for me. Yeah, you can have an exciting premise. Your show can be about like this really um, far out concept, you know, high high concept is what they like to call it. Uh, but if you don't nail down the characters, like right. you're not going to get people to care, in particular, yeah. someone like me. Mm, same. I'm the same way. I'm pretty harsh on shows nowadays. Oh, um, yeah. I don't just stick around. I'm like hoping that it'll get better. I'm like, nope, bye. I know. I, <laughs> I know. value my time, guys. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's uh, a wrap for Descendants of the Sun. Descendants of the Sun. Oh, what'd you give it? Oh, crap. Out of, We're doing this real late. Out of five? Yeah, out of five. I I settled on, I guess I would settle on a 3.5. 3.5 yeah. okay i i would five. give it a four out of five gotcha it is still a very very good show yeah to me. I, like we mentioned before the acting really helps it yeah be at that level for me of a 3.5 you know yeah what brings it down is like those extra subplots that yes you know, or like <laughs> the crazy out of nowhere things you know natural disaster stuff and it's like <laughs> you know why are we here I almost thing. discount that ending. I'm like, okay, I, that, I don't I'm think they mean that in to, there. I'm just yeah, talking about like, the stuff during <laughs> the watching of yes. the show. So Yeah, yeah. All right. Cool. Well, I think that's it. That's been our show. I'm Jessica. And I'm Rico. And this has been ATC Presents Daybok K Rambles Podcast. <laughs>